luxuriously, not necessarily materially, but in Him. Delight yourself. Take your fill of all that He is. I think this is the hardest part of being a Christian in a very prosperous culture. Because in the midst of all this great stuff that we get to enjoy, it's so easy to not delight ourselves in Him who money couldn't buy. There is so much around you vying for your attention especially when it comes to what holds your heart, what you love. On today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel shares that God should be the one to hold your heart's devotion. This can be hard when you're surrounded by so many distractions and lesser loves. But as you'll discover, God is the only one who is worthy of your devotion. He's everything you could ever want or need. Here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, as he continues his message, Eye of the Tiger. So let's look at what it says in verse 3. Now, for my next seven points, I'm just going to have something and something. Each one is just boom, boom, boom. So the first one, look at... Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. So instead of freaking out, trust and do. Trust and do. When you are watching people doing evil, when all these reasons to freak out fly on up, take your eyes off of the situation and get your eyes on the Lord. Trust the Lord and do good. Faith cures fretting. Faith cures fretting. Trust in the Lord. We need to get our eyes upon the Lord. And as we trust in the Lord, now we're proactive as opposed to reactive. We respond constructively as opposed to destructively. Trust in the Lord. And this is why we freak out, because we don't trust in the Lord. When we realize that God is in control, that God is almighty, that God sees and knows everything, and that ultimately God has this thing handled, then we stop freaking out and we begin to believe that he is who he said he is. And if you ever wonder when you look at the world, because listen, we live in a culture freaking out cells. It's like, honestly, every single talk show, every single TV show, every single newspaper, peace and calmness does not sell. So everyone is hysterical. We live in a hysterical culture. Oh, they're going to ruin everything. If you ever doubt, I want you to open up your Bible. I want you to turn to the end and read the last three chapters of your Bible. And we know how the story ends, that Jesus comes back and he judges the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end and ultimately good comes to this earth. 
So yes, in the midst of it, there's all sorts of things that are going to go on, but we know how the game ends. So instead of freaking out, trust God. Trust him because he is trustworthy. But don't only just trust God. It says trust and do. What this means is it's not enough just to trust God. Be an agent of goodness in the world. If there's evil going on, then do something. Do good. Don't return evil for evil. Return good for evil. The key to Driving away discontentment and getting heated up and freaking out is holy activity. Do something. See, I'm such a fan of being alive today. But oftentimes we think that updating our Facebook status is actually doing something good. I mean, I was hanging out viral. Our our ministry to the 20s and 30s that we call viral, it's so cool. We were talking about this on Friday night over at Turk Coffee. We were talking about, listen, do good. What does God require of you, it says in Micah 6, in verse 8? But to do justly and to love covenant faithfulness, mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I'm like, look, it says to do justly. Do something. And I think what's unfortunate is we feel that by complaining about everything, we're doing something. And the Bible actually teaches, listen, don't freak out. Don't fret. Trust God and do something. Trust God. So as we complain about, oh, you know, all these things, let's, instead of just complaining about it, let's do something. And it says do good. Do good. It makes me think of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your paths. And as we trust in the Lord, and as we don't trust in our own understanding, but we trust in his understanding, as we acknowledge him in our ways, he will direct our paths and those paths will be the path of doing good. It's not passive, it's active. Instead of getting heated up, we trust God and then we do something. We do good. But then from there, it keeps going. So we have, tr- instead of freaking out, we have trust and do. Now notice what we have. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. It's quite simply, dwell and feed. Now, I put in my notes, don't make any food jokes. We'll see if I can actually keep to that. Self-imposed restrictions. But you know what? Instead of freaking out, let's grow where we're planted. When you think about the idea of dwelling somewhere, it means to be there, to be present there. See, we could enjoy remembering a yesterday, but it is yesterday. You ever watch somebody who's walking one way while looking backwards? They end up running into something, right? And we can't, listen, I would love for today to be a different time. There was times in our country and in Christianity when everything was just amazing. But you know what? We need to dwell where we are. We need to say, God, you have me here now on this step. And I'm going to be here. But I'm not not only going to be here, I'm going to dwell in the land and I'm going to 
feed on his faithfulness. That word feed on his faithfulness in the Hebrew it means and be shepherded. That's what it means to be shepherded. So what it's saying is that God wants all of us, instead of freaking out, to be here and let him tend to us. And it says to feed on his faithfulness because God is faithful. And as we are on this step, whatever the circumstances are, we allow the Lord to shepherd us in this moment, to give us the grace that we need for this moment, to give us the wisdom that we need for this moment. The good shepherd will exert his pastoral care over his people. Of course, it makes me think of both Psalm 23 and John chapter 10. Psalm 23 in John chapter 10. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. It says, I shall not what? Want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And then Jesus in John 10 says, I am what? The good shepherd. So instead of freaking out, brothers and sisters, instead of all these things that are very worthy to freak out, be here, dwell here, and let God shepherd you right now. See, what I have learned in my life and what I'm learning every single day is that God is very good at meeting us in the here and now and walking us through it with care. We want to look to people. We want to look to circumstances. And God is like, you don't need a change in circumstances. You need to get your eyes on me. I am with you now. But don't we do it? We look, we look for help. We look for a savior from our savior. And then people let us down all over the place. I'm trusting in that promotion. I'm trusting in this person. I'm trusting in my bank account. I'm trusting in, and none of those things are bad except when we use them as a savior from our savior. And when you have a savior from your savior, that's called an idol. And a savior from your savior, which is called an idol, is in the Bible called a sin. Because God wants us to be here to dwell right now. Not trying to escape it, but say, God, will you shepherd me in the midst of this? And that's an ever-present reality, because once the Lord brings you out of one thing, then there's the next thing that happens. And dwell there and let him shepherd you, and then he brings you to the next thing. And that's why early Christianity was called the way, because it implied a path. It implied that things are moving every single day. And God wants us to learn how to dwell today in the land and to feed on his faithfulness Today, today, and then tomorrow, tomorrow will be today. And then the day after that, then that day will be today. God is faithful in the moment for us so we can dwell and feed, but he doesn't stop there. Instead of freaking out, look at verse four, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I love this, delight and desire. Delight and desire. This word delight in the Hebrew, it means to be brought up in luxury. It means, I kid you not, it means to be pampered. Brothers and sisters, pamper yourselves in the Lord. Let God let you live luxuriously, not necessarily materially, but in him. Delight yourself. Take your fill of all that he is. I think this is the hardest part of being a Christian in a very prosperous culture. 
Because in the midst of all this great stuff that we get to enjoy, it's so easy to not delight ourselves in him who money couldn't buy. That we can't acquire by means or energy. It's simply saying, God, I want to make much of you. Delight yourself in the Lord. When was the last time you let God just absolutely let you live luxuriously and abundantly in him? See, I say those words and you automatically think, oh, well, then I'm going to have the nicest car. No, 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 no. He is the most valuable commodity, if I may say so, in the world. You think the Hope Diamond, the most valuable diamond, why is it so valuable? Because diamonds are rare, and the Hope Diamond is the biggest of them. There's only one God in the universe. He is the most of infinite value. And when we live luxuriously in him, then we get to delight in him. We need to be pampered in God. Be blinged out. In God. I mean, isn't that what the book of Acts? They were uneducated, but they know that they had been with Jesus because of the way that they acted. We're the fragrance of Christ. And you know what it's like when you hug somebody who puts on a little bit too much perfume and stuff? You know what that's like? You smell it all day. And the next day. You know, you want to go in there like scrub. Man, why? Because they left an after smell. And that is who we should be when we're living luxurious in God, that we bump into somebody and grace spills all over them. And then they go away and they want to be grumpy, but they're like, but thinking about Jesus. And then they want to go home and scrub themselves, but man, God's on them. That's why it says we should be the fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of life. And for some people, that fragrance of life functions as the fragrance of death. Because they're not willing to say, yes, Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. But notice, delight yourself and desire. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I remember as a, as a seeker in college, you know, I didn't grow up really with a lot of uh, religion or spirituality. I remember in college, I started taking philosophy classes, and I got really interested in metaphysics. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to learn about these spiritual things. And I remember, of course, growing up in the West, and, you know, Christianity had a, a place in the West. So, of course, you don't want to start there, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, it's Christianity, you know? So, of course, where did I go? I went to Buddhism, you know, which our culture seems to love. And, you know, I started actually reading the teachings of Buddha rather than kind of that American pseudo-Buddhism that we have everywhere. I was like, I'm a Buddhist. But I've never actually read one thing that the Buddha ever said. It's just like, it's this thing, you know? It's amazing. We live in the most educated culture and people are completely ignorant to what these things mean. It's amazing. Next time someone says, I'm a Buddhist, say, well, tell me what Buddha taught and watch him dance. <laughs> they don't have a clue what he said. But it's amazing. I go start reading the teaching of Buddha. Buddha's like, your desires cause you pain. So become detached from desire. Lose all desire. And I thought to myself, that ain't real. I mean, we were created to be desireless. So that means when something good happens, don't rejoice. When something bad happens, don't cry. When you have a loss, don't mourn. Don't feel. And I remember thinking to myself, can't be right. And then I remember when I started reading the Bible and I read this verse and I'm like, oh, 
There's the key. It doesn't mean don't have desire. It means the problem, the reason pain happens is because our desires are in the wrong place. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, now he gives us his desires and they become our desires. And now we can desire away. But it's not selfish, self-fulfilling. Now it's God. You have a beautiful plan in the world. And it's not about me living with all this stuff. It's like, Lord, I can help that person. So I'm going to do it. Because that gives God glory. And then I get joy watching someone who's in need be helped. And so as we delight in him, we begin to desire what he desires. And as we live that out, then our desires are a holy desire. So God doesn't want us to be devoid of desire. He wants us to have the right desires. So instead of freaking out, delight in the Lord and desire the things that he desires. And God wants to make this world a more livable place. He wants it to be a piece of heaven on earth until we get to experience heaven in heaven. And then heaven on earth again, if you read the end of the Bible. It's kind of wild. We get heaven on earth, and then we're going to get heaven in heaven, and then we're going to get heaven on earth again. And then we're going to get heaven on the new earth. I don't know. You read it. You figure it out. But this makes me think, this makes me think of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. It's that same idea. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, and he gives the desires of our heart, as we delight in him, we're seeking his kingdom. And then God will take care of everything else. Because, you know, we don't need the biggest and the best and the baddest. We don't need to be this because our valuations come from elsewhere. It's amazing that although we may judge one another on how buff you are or how much money you've made or what kind of car you drive, God actually looks at the content of our character. And when he looks, those who are in Christ, he delights in that. So it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or how much money you've made, lost, never made, how much education you got or didn't get. He looks at you and if he sees Christ dwelling in your heart by faith through his spirit, he's like, right on. That's a winner. That's winning. That's where it's at. So instead of freaking out, delight yourself in the Lord and desire. He'll give you the desires of your heart, not because he's going to give you everything you want. He's going to give you everything that he wants for you because you want what he wants for you. So I love this. Instead of freaking out, we trust and do. We dwell and feed. We delight and desire. And then look at what happens in verse 5 and verse 6. Commit your way to the Lord Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noon day. Brothers and sisters, this says to commit and to expect. Commit and expect. Now, you know what I like about this? What I like about this is that not only are we called to trust in the Lord, which speaks of and make it active, but now we're committing our ways to him. And when I think about this word in the Hebrew, commit, it literally means to cast one's feelings upon somebody else. It's to take the burden off of ourselves and to give it to the Lord. And it makes you think of 1 Peter 5, 7, casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. So in all these things, we need to cast our burden onto the Lord. Of course, we know in Matthew chapter 11, it says his, that his yoke is what? It's easy. And his burden is 
light. So if you're in here today, no matter where you are, no matter if you've been walking with the Lord for years or if you've never started walking with the Lord and you're going to start today, if you're weighed down with cares, concerns, issues, just burdened with life, very real burdens, you're here today because God wants you to know he wants to take those burdens from you. You can't handle them anyway, but he can. He can. He is willing and able. You guys know I have small kids, and it's fun because I get Obadiah out into the yard now. You know, and you know when they're seven, he wants to help dad for about three minutes. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a blast for three minutes. Because I'm like, yeah, you know, look at all these thorns. We're like Adam. And he's like, oh, yeah, Adam in the garden, you know? And I start trying to, you know, I'm trying to be a good biblical dad, so I want to bridge everything we're doing to something in the Bible. But it's funny because, of course, Obadiah, he's seven, so when it's time to clear away some logs, which one does he grab? The biggest. Why? Because he's the man, right? Like a little dude. It was funny when they went pumpkin picking for school. You know, Miss Evans, his first grade teacher, was telling us that Obadiah and another one of the boys in that class, they had to get the biggest one. And she was like, look, you can take that as long as you carry it around the whole day. And see, you've got to love little boys, you know, little dudes, you know. It's like, of course, these two guys are like, you know, Obadiah came home and he was just like, I'm exhausted. I'm like, why are you exhausted? He's like, well, I was carrying that pumpkin around all day. And of course, you couldn't put it down because you picked it up, right? So Obadiah, he's in the yard. He's got the biggest log. He can't even move. And I'm like, Obadiah, let me help you with that. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. And then finally he gives up. I'm going to go play with my friends. But that's a lot of us in here today, isn't it? You're weighed down. You're suffocating under the weight of burdens that God never wired you to be able to carry. And the Lord wants you to take those cares and give them to him. Commit to him. Give them to him. For some of us, it's going to be coming down at the end of service to receive prayer because you're weighed down. You know that you want to commit your, but you're like, you know, you give it to the Lord and you take it back. You give it to the Lord and you take it back. Right? You're playing hot potato with the Lord. And so that's why we have our prayer counselors up here at the end. Because you need to cast it upon him again. Stop worrying. Jesus is Thanks for listening as Pastor Daniel continued in this series, linking songs to psalms. Today you learned that having desires is not bad. The issue for most people is the object of those desires. Pain happens when your desires are in the wrong place. Pastor Daniel reminded you that when you delight in God, his desires become yours too. You'll find yourself wanting to love and serve others, bringing God glory and you joy. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Jesus is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, 
Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it, though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Now, my team, we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel finishes this teaching on some basic truths that will help you apply what you know about God and the Bible to the realities of your life. Pastor Daniel will share that God wants you to live your life free from shame and fear, but ultimately it's up to you to choose. You can trust Him and experience His abundant peace or go your own way that leads to destruction. Well, That's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.